0: Welcome to Latitude, the show for freelancers, founders, and creators about all the non-business parts of running a successful business. Last week, I spoke with Charlie Marie. She's the marketing design lead at ConvertKit, and always has at least a few side projects going on too. Some of the projects we talked about included a t-shirt business, a YouTube channel, and speaking at conferences. Since our conversation was mostly around side projects, some of the biggest takeaways are also relevant to side projects, but I think that they apply a little more broadly than that. In this episode, we'll look at the value of design education, even for non-designers. We'll look at why creating imperfect systems might actually be more beneficial than searching for the perfect solution. And then finally, we'll look at something that's really challenging for me, knowing when to shut down a project versus continuing it. One of the biggest differences in Charlie's design background and mine is the fact that she went to design school while I'm mostly self-taught. This difference can often lead to really different opinions on the value of education in general, but in this case, I think we mostly agree. One of the biggest things she mentions learning while at design school was the concept of design thinking. This is a more strategic approach to design than the more tactical skills you might learn at design school, like typography, grid systems, and graphic design. And because it's a little more abstract, I think it's relevant in more cases than just design. So here's how Charlie describes design thinking.
1: Really, the main thing is to ask why a lot. Like, ask why to everything. So um, a client comes to you saying they need a flyer. And you say, okay, why? Like, what are we going to use this for? That should be your first thing, not asking, okay, what do you want? What do you want to go on the flyer? What should it say? Right? You need to understand the reason why you're designing something and the reason why you're making something so that you can get to the right solution. Because if they, I I don't know in this example, I'm thinking off the top of my head what they could say, but Maybe it would turn out that actually what would serve them better than a flyer would be an email marketing campaign or a landing page on a website that they could share digitally. But they just think they need a flyer because that's what they've seen other people do.
0: So basically, the idea is just to get at the underlying reasons and assumptions for what you're doing. The design firm IDEO describes it as a three-step process of empathy, ideation, and experimentation. First, you need to understand exactly who you're designing for and what their needs are then you need to go through probably more iterations than you would expect. And then finally, once you have a product or prototype, the solution can be tested with actual users. So why is this important to everyone and not just designers? Since our conversation was so focused on side projects, this can be a great way to come up with ideas for new side projects. But even more than that, it's just a way of understanding why you're doing what you're doing. The process of continually asking why helps get at the deeper motivations that you and the people around you have. It leads to more empathy and understanding of who you're building for, but I think it also leads to more engagement for yourself, since you're not just working on something without understanding why it exists. Even at a full-time job, this process of empathy, ideation, and experimentation can apply to how you work with bosses and coworkers, or even how you create structure in your personal and professional life. The other big thing Charlie mentioned getting out of design school was the discipline that goes along with it. Now, my degree is in economics and art history and has rarely been relevant since I graduated. But having the structure and discipline of that program definitely helped me be a better designer. It was a good starting point that then let me create my own structure and discipline. Now, creating more processes around how I work has been super valuable, but it's definitely taking me a while to realize that I'm not ever going to find the system that will just allow me to create great work automatically. It's going to continue to change and shift.
1: Life feels like it's been all over the place at the moment, and that routine has gone out the window. This morning I woke up at like 9 o'clock, which feels really late for me when I used to be someone who'd wake up at 6 or 6.30. So I've kind of been fitting in cyber projects where I can and taking the approach of every day doing something to move it forward. So deciding, okay, what side project thing do I need to achieve today?
0: Charlie used to be a very early riser and set aside time in the morning specifically to work on side projects. But she's still able to make progress even when that's not happening. We all have seasons of life where we're more or less motivated and more or less busy. So by leaning into those seasons, it becomes easier to make progress rather than fighting against them. I'm really interested in getting things done, Pomodoro, and all of the other productivity systems out there, but at the end of the day, if you can identify the two to three things that will have the most impact on your life each day and then get them done, all of the other productivity tricks and systems almost become meaningless. And this is just as relevant with the creative process as well. Being okay with good enough actually means more opportunity to improve. Even at the start of her career, Charlie got a job that wasn't as glamorous or as perfect as the jobs everyone else in her program were looking for, but it actually gave her a six month head start on everyone else. While she was learning real job skills, everyone else was still looking for the perfect job. It's just a matter of putting in the reps, whether it's a side project, a full time job or anything else. Taking a job doesn't mean you're going to do that forever. And working on a side project that isn't the perfect one can definitely help you gain the skills for the next one. Anytime we're working on anything we don't understand 100%, it's going to feel awkward and imperfect, but that's where the actual growth and progress happens. So with that said, here's what Charlie has to say about perfectionism.
1: Yeah, I think that um, something you've got to learn very quickly in order to publish stuff online, especially, is to not be a perfectionist because that can just really hold you back. I feel like doing YouTube has cured me of any sort of perfectionism that was within me before. I am absolutely not a perfectionist now. Like I will get something to good enough and I'll be happy with it. And, you know, I know what is good enough because sometimes there's a quality level that is unacceptable to be below, which is, which is fair enough, but you don't have to make anything perfect before you share it because perfect is this like goalpost that keeps moving.
0: And one of the things that makes this process of imperfect progress easier is focusing on fewer priorities overall by being really mindful of where you're spending time. It becomes easier to invest your time in things that are more meaningful. Charlie recently shut down her first side project, a t-shirt business she had been running since her time in design school. Here's what that process was like.
1: I, I decided to close it down in the end just because I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I didn't feel like I needed it in my life anymore, where it started as this mm-hmm. creative expression and it's this fun thing for me to work out how to do. It just became a chore and it became a thing that I would I would honestly dread Like, as soon as I got an email for an order, which was few and far between near the end, I'd be like, oh, man, now I got to, like, print and package a t-shirt. I got to go to the post office. Uh, When am I going to fit this in? And that's just not a reaction you want to have to selling something and making money. You know, you shouldn't be thinking about it in that way.
0: The big thing that I got from this was just to figure out what value you're getting from anything you dedicate time and effort to. Now, when I say value here, I'm not necessarily talking about monetary value. That might be part of it, but for Charlie, the t-shirt business had become a chore even when it was generating income. Of course, we all need to make a certain amount of money to live, but not every side project has to be focused on that. It can be a matter of learning new skills or even just trying new things. Or in the case of this podcast, meeting new people. Charlie mentioned that she kept the t-shirt business running way longer than she should have. I've also had projects go longer than were beneficial. But it can be hard to move away from something when your identity gets so wrapped up in it. It can feel like a failure when your current projects aren't meeting the past goals and desires you set for yourself. But realizing that those goals have changed is so important. If a project feels like something you're supposed to be doing, it might be time to revisit whether you should be doing it. I'd love to hear how you prioritize projects and when you decide to shut them down. Before we wrap things up, I want to take just a second to talk about Podia. Podia provides all of the tools you need for online courses, downloads, and memberships. But more importantly, they believe in and support people creating those things. Podia really enables people like us to do the work we love. I'm a longtime Podia user, and I've been an advocate of theirs from well before they sponsored the show. My Podia course has directly led to thousands of email subscribers and five figures in revenue. Whether you're an expert developer or creating your first ever digital product, Podia makes it fast and easy to create something that not only looks good, but converts well, too. Creating something out of nothing is hard, but Podia makes creation a little bit easier. And they're offering a lifetime discount of 15% to listeners of the Latitude podcast. To get your discount or just learn a bit more, go to podia.com slash latitude, or there's a link in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, I'll be chatting with another designer. Nick DeSabato runs a design agency called Draft and has been instrumental in helping countless people understand that design is more than just visuals. I feel like I say this after every interview, but my conversation with Nick was really one of my favorites so far. We talk about value-based design, what that means for designers and non-designers, and then we look a little at how value-based design relates to some of the ethical responsibilities we should all be thinking about as we work with technology. If you're interested in that conversation or other conversations with entrepreneurs, product people, freelancers, and creators, hit subscribe to get upcoming interviews and these actionable breakdowns of the interviews. This is also the part of the episode where I'm supposed to ask you to rate and review the show. But rather than that, I really want to make this as actionable as possible. I really want each episode to have something you can implement right away. So send a tweet, message, email, or carrier pigeon to a friend about the one thing you've learned and how you're going to apply it to your business this week. You can also send your takeaway and any feedback about the podcast directly to me on Twitter at Zavzen. That's Z-A-V-Z-E-N. Links and more are in the show notes at createlatitude.com podcast. And I just want to remind you that you already have the tools you need to create a little more latitude in your day, your business, and your life.